This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, March 15th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Holland set to become first Native American cabinet secretary. And EPA says politics figured into 2018 dicamba registrations. Senate to vote on Holland for interior secretary today. Deborah Holland looks to have the votes to become the first Native American to hold a cabinet post. The Senate scheduled to consider the New Mexico Congresswoman's nomination for Interior Secretary this afternoon at 3 and start voting at 5.30. Despite some fierce opposition from GOP Senator Steve Daines of Montana and Cynthia Lummis of Wyoming, Holland's confirmation appears secure with support from Democrats, and several Republicans. Of the four Republicans who voted to end debate and proceed to a vote last week, two, Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, have said they will vote for Holland. EPA says vacated dicamba registrations were subject to political interference. EPA's 2018 dicamba registrations were influenced by political interference. An agency spokesperson said Friday, confirming an email from Acting Assistant Administrator for Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention, Michael Friedhoff, to all staff about the importance of scientific integrity. DTN Progressive Farmer reported Friday about the March 10 email which said, OCSPP senior leadership directed career staff to limit analysis of dicamba's effect on plants and to discount both specific studies and, quote, scientific information on negative impacts. The interference helped to lead the registrations being vacated by a federal appeals court last year, Friedolf said. EPA renewed them last year after the court decision. Responding to the report, Bayer said, quote, We stand fully behind our Extendamax herbicide, which has been reviewed and approved for use under different administrations, and also said it had enhanced our trainings, resources, and other support heading into the 2021 season. BASF, which markets in Genia, said the report was, quote, being reviewed by our internal stakeholders. George Kimbrell, legal director at the Center for Food Safety, called the report, quote, blockbuster news, while Lorianne Bird, environmental health program director at Center for Biological Diversity, said we appreciate the candor coming from the new leadership at the chemicals office. And now that we've seen just how much harm the previous decisions have caused in rural communities, it's time for the agency to fix the mess it has created and cancel over-the-top uses on cotton and soybeans. Both groups are challenging the 2020 registrations. And here's a programming note. Register today for the 2021 AgriPulse Ag and Food Policy Summit. You'll hear from some of the industry's top minds as they discuss climate risks, rewards, and uncertainties during this virtual event. This year's summit will feature three half-day sessions, March 22nd through 24th. You can register now at agripulse.com. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak 
after this. Located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Watkinson Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top-quality legal services that achieve cost-effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. House Ag Republican, GOP unlikely to help on climate. A senior Republican of the House Agriculture Committee says the panel's GOP members are unlikely to support a climate bill. Representative Austin Scott, a Georgia Republican, told AgriPulse, I don't see Republicans on the committee being willing to go to the lengths that the Democratic Party is going to demand that we go. That's a contrast with the Senate Agriculture Committee, where Indiana Republican Senator Mike Braun is working with Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow to move her bipartisan Growing Climate Solutions Act, which is aimed at accelerating the development of carbon markets. Scott said he remains concerned that USDA's potential use of the Commodity Credit Corporation to fund a carbon bank could crowd out other farm programs. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack has insisted that won't happen. You can watch Scott's Washington Weekend Review interview at agripulse.com. Canada on the verge of getting the best BSE safety rating. Canada. The home country of the cow that introduced bovine spongiform encephalopathy to the United States in 2003 is on the verge of being bestowed an international designation of, quote, negligible risk for the disease that can be transmitted to humans. A commission at the World Organization for Animal Health, known by its French acronym, OIE, has recommended Canada get the new designation, which is the best possible one, and OIE delegates will hold a final vote on the decision in May, says Canadian Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau. Although we still need to await the final vote, I am optimistic that this will soon allow them to expand their markets for cattle and beef exports to the U.S. and other foreign markets, said Bibeau. Farm groups urge full funding for export promotion programs. Neither the House nor Senate Appropriation Committees has begun debate on spending levels next year for the USDA. But 130 farm groups are letting lawmakers know early that a priority is full funding for USDA's key programs that support ag exports. The National Cotton Council, U.S. Poultry and Egg Export Council, U.S. Wheat Associates and many others have signed off on a letter to the Republican and Democratic leaders of the Senate and House Ag Subcommittees demanding they appropriate the full amounts authorized in the Farm Bill for the USDA's Market Access Program and Foreign Market Development Program in fiscal year 2022. That would be $200 million for MAP and $34.5 million for FMD. We finally see new opportunities to start overcoming two and a half years of trade conflict and pandemic restrictions, said Robert Minich, senior government relations representative at the National Cotton Council. Fully funded export programs are critical to help U.S. farmers, ranchers, and food exporters keep pace with the rest of the world's exporting countries.
Here's today's They Said It. Working to expand our export markets requires every dollar these programs provide. That the Coalition to Promote U.S. Agriculture Exports to House and Senate Appropriators Promoting MAP and FMD Funding. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, March 15th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.